welcome to Cinema Freaks. This is Season 2, Episode 1. Yes, Rising from the Ashes. Many years ago, this show existed in a completely different incarnation. Of course, I want to give out a shout-out to our former co-hosts, Sam and Lee Shirolis. You can check out their awesome web comics. The notes will be featured on the webpage, which is cinemafreaks.net. But before we go through everybody else's introductions, I would like to introduce myself. I am podcasting's Rich Sigfret. I'm a huge interweb celebrity. I'm all over the place. But some other people that are not as all over the place, but still out there, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hey, kids. I'm Susan Z. I'm a minor internet presence. Although I do have a couple of podcasts. Main one that I'm doing right now is Nerd Up. And where's that at? I was going to say that part. Okay. You can find that at (laughs) nerd-up.net. And that's me and my buddy, the Dave, which it's somewhat of an overlap, but not more on the gaming geeky side than just general media snark. That's all you need to know about me right now. Sounds good. Well, we're looking forward to it. And I am not even close. <laughs> what does that mean? Looking we're, forward to what? We're looking forward to uh, to getting to know the, the real Susan Z. We're oh, you're really not excited. getting to know the real Susan Z. Well, no, no, no. Well, you're getting to I know will. what I allow to be seen. Well, that's understandable. I'm Ryan Snell. I'm not even on the interweb. Uh, this is my first appearance. I'm kind of a virgin at this, so be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't have anything else. You know, Rich and I, we work together. We like the same comedic actors and comedians, and that's pretty much how our love was was blossomed. We'll talk more about that. Hey, also. hey, hey, hey! Our love is one that shall not speak its name, so we need to stop talking about it. I that's think it true. Dare not speak its name. In fact, uh, double dare not. <laughs> double dog dare. Uh, oh, Wait. then we have to talk about it. <laughs> Are we talking about like the Nickelodeon show that was all about uh, two men's love? I think so. I think so. Mike O'Malley hosted that show. I think I'm not sure. Could be wow. Wrong. Yeah, you know what? Just say it convincingly enough, and we wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> Mike O'Malley. Okay. He he hosted that show. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> One thing I learned from doing tech support for two years is that no matter how convincingly you say something, people will believe it. That's it. Wait, that makes no sense. That, no, it, as long as you say it convincingly, mm. people will believe it. Exactly. See, because I didn't say that convincingly, you didn't believe it. That's right. That's exactly right. I completely right. believed it. I guess I'm just gullible. That's what we call an example, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Since this is the first time back with Cinema Freaks in like three years, maybe, probably long, actually about four years, I think, the structure may be a little wonky, but we're working on it. It's a work in progress, or as Kevin Pollack would say, we're not ready. This show will be covering all things television and movies, well, maybe a little bit of music and literature from time to time. Of course, I'm, I'm not a reader, though, so I think that may fall into your... Your category, Susan. Yeah, and it sounds like Ryan's not a reader either. No, I'm I'm borderline illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually one reason why I don't have the computer in front of me is because I, I I can't read any of the news stories. So that's the entire reason of why I'm behind the computer. It that, looks pretty from oh, behind here. <laughs> that's right. There are other. Uh, Illiterate people in podcasting. Well, no, dyslexic. I think there's a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. They're <laughs> we not would, one and the same. We at Cinema Freaks would like to apologize to all of our <laughs> dyslexic listeners. <laughs> Dyslexics of the world on tie. <laughs> you know, actually, my mother joined a group called Damn Mothers Against Dyslexics. <laughs> that was close. She was real close to it. <laughs> well, after our introductions, let's go ahead and jump into a little bit of news. News. 
from when, W-E-N-N dot com. Queen Latifah wants to direct some sci-fi. Rapper slash actress Queen Latifah is searching for the perfect sci-fi project to make her directorial debut. Because she's a secret Star Trek fan. The star, whose real name is Dana Owens, has carved out a career for herself in Hollywood starring in and producing movies like upcoming romantic comedy Just Right. But she admits she's holding out on taking charge of her first project behind the camera until she finds the ideal futuristic film. She tells Wen, I would love to do sci-fi. I'm a Trekkie. Something in sci-fi. Maybe a comic, a graphic novel. Something visually creative. I don't know what, though. So I can only imagine that Taxi 2... Taxis in Space will be coming out that's in good. a few years. Yeah, that was no, good. they already made that movie. It was called The Fifth Element. Yeah, oh, but yeah, that one was true. good. Ah, uh, yeah, he's got you there. <laughs> okay, point to Rich. Any movie with Chris Tucker in space drag, yeah, is something I want to subscribe to. <clears throat> well, did you know how they got him into those costumes? How's that? Because I believe it was uh, Gautier who designed the costumes for it, and they knew what they wanted him to wear. And they knew he wasn't going to go for it, so they showed him stuff that was way more effeminate and way more over the top. And he was like, oh, hell no, I ain't wearing that. And then they said, well, here, here's a compromise. Mm-hmm. And those were the, the designs he actually wore in the movie. Manipulation, kids. It's your friend. <laughs> it's true. No kidding. Our next story is Stallone abandons Rambo. <gasps> I know. Sylvester Stallone has abandoned plans to bring his iconic Rambo character back for a fifth time. Work on another movie in the action series has been scrapped. The actor, of course, resurrected Rambo in 2008 to battle the Burmese army in the fourth installment 26 years after the action hero made his big screen debut in 1982's First Blood. I wonder what they would have called that. Would it be Rambo 4 First Blood 3? Could be. That gets very confusing. Stallone previously announced plans for Rambo 5. Oh, it would have been Rambo 5, First Blood 4. Rambo V. Rambo V. Well, actually, you know what? The funny thing is, is that a lot of the reports was that Rambo was going to be fighting some kind of a, an alien. Some so kind that's of a why weird... it would be Rambo V, and that makes perfect sense. Exactly, because mm-hmm. I imagine that it would star Scott Wolf and... Marina Baccarin. Marina Baccarin. That, that alone would guarantee a good box mm-hmm. office opening weekend. Mm-hmm. What if right. she showed her boobies? That would do it. It, it would make I'd Avatar go. dwarf. I don't know about that. I just know that I would go. I would, too. I now, she's make... from Firefly. Never seen the show, guys. <gasps> Yeah. As, yes. as the show goes on, you will find out how little I know about comic books, uh, sci-fi, action films. I got pretty much down, but uh, you guys should hate me. So, <laughs> well, that's actually be fun. That's but actually you one never of the- saw Firefly. But have you seen Serenity? Nope. Uh oh. That is actually one of the things that we're hoping to do through the course of this show is that we will be introducing young Ryan to many <laughs> things that he has been uh, lacking. In his pop culture database. Let's hear. You haven't seen Indiana Jones. Nope. You haven't seen Star Wars. Nope. You have seen all of the Twilight movies. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> and I am anticipating Eclipse. <laughs> I, I am just looking forward to the last one because I just want to see Robert Pattinson all vamped out and like gnawing on her belly trying to get the baby out. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that, too. <laughs> oh, I just want to see how they play the whole like werewolf imprinting on the newborn thing without you know, oh, that yeah, creatastic yeah, yeah. feature. Oh, yeah, the, the pet-a-wolf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was an exhibit at the zoo, right? You pet-a-wolf? And that's... No, 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 pet-a-wolf. Oh, pet-a-wolf. Oh, like a pedophile. Yeah, uh, like a pedophile. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> IT crowd. Exactly, for IT crowd fans out there. Going back to the story, Stallone said that he was very happy with the last Burmese episode because it didn't pull any punches. He wanted it to be wanted it to be what Civil War really is. Rough. You can't candy coat it. And where do you go from there? So that's Rambo 5. So that's the problem is that they didn't know where they were going to go. And let's face it. I mean, he took down a, a chopper in Rambo 4 with his nipples and 
Yeah. I mean, he would just use whatever was laying around to try to take it down. And as he's getting older, I mean, you know, Sylvester Stallone's getting older and older, and he's just not looking as ripped and, and fearsome as There's he used to. There's only so much computers can do, though. I mean, <laughs> true. Come this on. Is true. Well, the thing that I find interesting about it is that First Blood, like, the, the whole tone of the movie is completely different from the rest of the Rambo franchise, in my opinion. Well, the first one, of course, was based on the novel. Mm. And I did not know that. Yes, it was based on a novel, and actually, they did change the end because in the novel, Rambo uh, kills himself after at, mm-hmm. at the end of the whole thing. I think the the author of First Blood, the original novel, he wrote the novelization for Rambo two and possibly three, but he was just like, "Look, it's a completely different universe. Mm-hmm. You know that it's a different Rambo." And let's face it, the Rambo franchise is one of those Hallmark franchises from the 80s. It spawned numerous sequels, toys. I mean, I remember having a little Rambo eraser that was in the shape of Rambo, and I used to use that against my G.I. Joe guys until one of his arms fell off. We were poor. We just had regular erasers. (laughs) Bottom of pencils. Play with that, kids. Thanks, Dad. Want to see a magic trick? (laughs) (laughs) No. They also had the cartoon. But even the cartoon, I think it was like Rambo and the Forces of Freedom. So patriotic. It was. I mean, it was. On, it, it made G.I. Joe look communist. It was that patriotic. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Is that from the G.I. Joe the Opera? Could be. <laughs> Could be. I think Cobra Commander was singing that. I'm not really sure. That was played by Pavarotti. Go, Cobra Mio. <laughs> but... <laughs> This isn't an, an Italian musical production. This is American, boy. Stop singing that way. I'm just picturing Destro wearing one of those Viking helmets with long blonde braids. <laughs> isn't that the phrase that, you know, it ain't over until the Baroness sings? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's something those. like that, only completely not. Oh, okay. Close, but not even close. Oh, but I said it so convincing. It's true. Not convincing enough. <laughs> but the entire feel of the franchise obviously shifted from being so dark to very cartoony to until it actually was a cartoon. Also, that that kind of filmmaking seems to be outdated with the over-the-top action where the guy can just do everything. Because now you have to have kind of shades of gray, which is what the original Rambo had, where he was doing these very bad things. And yet he was still like this all-American boy in all the, the rest of the movies and especially in the cartoon. Now, we have movies like The Expendables and there's much more gray area with everybody. You, you can usually have like one character who's all Captain America, but there's still got to be a little bit of viciousness. And the over-the-top killing and death and whatnot in, in the Rambo series, I think, is just outdated at this point. Well, I would understand be. that, yeah. Or you can make an argument that, you know, the comedian in Watchmen is sort of what... That kind of mm. hero would be. Yeah, but he was a bad guy. Universe. He was a bad guy. But he was a hero. Uh, only by profession. Well, <laughs> his hobbies were evil. Never saw the movie. True. What? Never saw the movie. Okay, have, I did. You haven't I didn't read hear the about comic this, book uh, either, right? The blue guy who there was a lot of penis in the movie that I. That's all I heard from the, everybody who saw the movie. It was like, the big blue guy with a penis. I'm like, that's nice. Well, it was it was better animated than his mouth. Oh, really? Oh, which, yeah, which that was, was one awkward. of the problems. I think oh. Andy Serkis played his penis, actually. <laughs> gotcha. He wants it. Yikes. Speaking of which, we'll go ahead and move on to our final news topic. NCIS The Musical. No. Yes. No, Mike, just no. Michael Weatherly has launched a campaign to persuade U.S. TV bosses to let him show off his singing skills in a musical episode of the hit crime series Navy NCIS Naval Crime Investigative Services. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I misspoke that. Navy Naval Criminal Investigative Service Naval Criminal Investigative Service. I wow. Think that's redundant. That would be 
correct. I had no yeah. idea that was the full title. That right? is the full title. It, well, it's like an ATM machine. It's an automated teller machine machine. So, Navy, <laughs> Naval Where Criminal... Identification and, number number. Exactly. Weatherly, who plays Agent Tony Dinozo, opposite actor Mark Harmon on the series, showcases musical talents on the NCIS soundtrack. There's a soundtrack. To NCIS. Oh, God. And now he's, <laughs> now he's dreaming up plans for the detective pair to sing and dance on the program. <clears throat> Me. Because they spelled it programmy. Well, obviously, this is from uh, a British news source. He tells the New York Post, if there's a crime show that can get away with it, we're on it. Mark Harmon has done some cowboy singing in the past. What is that? Really? Really? I guess Home on the Range. Oh, okay. I, okay. I don't know. He's like singing around a campfire? I, I would imagine so. I mean, that's fair enough. How do you distinguish Sutherland. cowboy singing from non-cowboy singing? Yeah, I'm the, hat. the hat. The hat and the boots and the spurs. I'm sure at some point in time Jake Gyllenhaal was singing. Oh. But Weatherly admits... And dead Native Americans beside him. <laughs> Single tear. But Weatherly... <laughs> Don't litter. But Weatherly admits convincing TV bosses to sign off on the idea has been a challenge. We've talked about it. There are certain people that kind of think it would be a disaster. Really? And that would be your audience. Yeah. <laughs> Why would wow. anybody think that's a good idea? That's... Wow. There are very few shows that can get away with a musical episode. Buffy is one. Yep. Scrubs is one. Because they don't yeah. exactly take place in the real universe. Scrubs takes place in a, in a silly alternate universe. Yeah. Well, even with Buffy, though, there was a lot of hesitation when Joss first started talking about doing a musical episode. Because a lot of people were saying, that's never going to work. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being brilliant. But he started saying it, actually, as a joke. Uh, after he did Hush, which mm. was the episode where there's no dialogue for three quarters of the episode because everybody's voice gets robbed. Oh, wow. Um, and there's no dialogue at all. And when it was first shown, it was shown without commercial interruption. So it's just silent for something like 38 minutes out of 44 or something like that. It was it was crazy. That was there background music? There wasn't uh, any scoring. Uh, the only sounds were like uh, – I don't know what you would call like it. Practical, ambient sounds? Practical sa- yeah, pr- ambient sounds like wow. uh, footsteps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the creepiest episodes. And he said after doing that, he was like, well, now that I've done this almost entirely silent movie version, I'm going to do an all singing, all dancing Buffy with goats. <laughs> and, and he said that for a while. And then there were evidently some people who were saying, hey, that's a good idea. You should actually do that. And then he did it. And because it was so successful, I think we've seen some other shows try to do that. And I just want to tell Michael Weatherly, dude, this isn't Buffy. You're not Joss. Yeah, I, I don't even know how they could they could pull it unless it was a dream sequence where the, you know, the big number is in Patrick Duffy's shower or something like that. Or it's they're just- doing an investigation <laughs> into a karaoke bar maybe. But that's the thing. They weren't talking about having musical numbers on the show like, hey, our actors are singing. They actually want to do a musical episode. So it would have to be, why would these characters be singing? So it's was not it like the- some procedural that was done in the 80s that was like a musical cops? Yeah, cop rock. Cop rock. <laughs> yeah, and that was such a resounding success. I can see where uh, people would want to go back to the well on that one. Cop rock. Yeah, yeah. It, it was not pop rock. Right. Not something that fizzes in your mouth or anything like that. But no, Cop Rock, it was in 1990 when it debuted. It it lasted one season. It may have been one of the shortest-lived series on network television. Cop Rock part, real stories of the Highway Patrol, and part sound of music. (laughs) (laughs) The hills are alive with the screams of perps. (laughs) 
Um, the, it says, after chasing down a criminal, the force would take to the street in an organized dance number, then haul the guy back to HQ. I can't it, believe that didn't succeed. <laughs> it seems surprising. Well, I think it's because it wasn't done in a comedic way. They they did it serious. Wait, did yeah. I just see that that actually won two Emmys? Won two primetime enem- Emmy, em- enemies. <laughs> enemies. Yeah, <laughs> enemies. Yeah, that's a little bit closer to it. Hey-o. Won two primetime Emmys and another three nominations. Now, the actors that are in here, that are recognizable. Uh, we've got a CCH Pounder. Oh, yeah. She was in The Shield. She was the one of the detectives. She was Wagonbox's partner. Never saw The Shield. Oh. I just like the name. CCH Pounder. I mean, it sounds like, it is, a, sounds like a sexual term. It does. It's <laughs> Pounder. Later on, you want to do a CCH Pounder? Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, I can leave you guys alone for that. <laughs> no, <see> please. <laughs> Although, wow. One of the guys, played by Mark Coppage, he was singing cop. Which seems wow. kind of silly, because in a series all about singing cops, that doesn't sound like they're really... Wait, Tim Russ. Tuvok. Yeah, it was Tuvok. Wow, he was in a couple episodes. Oh, wow. John Hancock, coming back from the dead, apparently, to do a few. <laughs> We've got a Matthew Lawrence, but spelled differently, so it's not the whoa, Matthew Lawrence. Oh, that's really a shame. And I a know, Mitchell I Lawrence. I thought that was Joey Lawrence. Well, he had a brother. Did he? Named Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Huh. They, they were in a show yeah. called The Lawrences. I don't the remember Lawrence what it was called. It was, it was some, they, they had a show together. It's like the Lawrence Brothers. I or no, I think it was called Brothers. Brothers, actually. that's it. Lawrence Square. Which must have been very confusing when it appeared on BET. But we've got... <laughs> Whoa, why are we here? <laughs> we've got Ronnie Cox, who has been in a lot of stuff. I believe he was... Yeah, he was the oh, captain yeah. on Chips, and he was in RoboCop, and uh, quite oh, a few things. he was things, in Target. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah, right. he was. Yes, yes. He's definitely one of those movie. that guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wow, that show. Hmm. Let's see what kind of trivia they have. One of two musical drama TV series broadcast in 1990 in a failed attempt at creating a new TV genre. The other was Hull High. Oh, we've got to see that one. In one episode, James B. Seeking reprises his character from Hill Street Blues, which means that this is real. Another episode features cameos by Jimmy Smits and Michelle Green as their characters from L.A. Law. So this was something that exists in these two universes. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Is there a tie-in between NCIS and Law & Order at all? No. You know, you kind of know that. that you know, I don't so. know. Not that I know of. But wow. So Hull High, which was also 1990. This was, uh, it was nominated for Primetime Emmy. Obviously it lost. Uh, that one starred, uh, boy, nobody that I Trey Parker. What? Holy crap. Trey Parker. Seriously? Trey Parker. Uh, As one the, of the devil creators. rapper number one. <laughs> in eight episodes. He was the devil rapper number one in eight episodes. And they have Hull High Devil. Oh, maybe that was their, their mascot. It was all exciting because maybe it was like the devil and he raps. Wow. They're, yeah, nobody else that I really recognize. I mean, they're on IMDb. If basically if somebody has a picture, then there's a good chance it's somebody that you've seen. But there's a lot of people with pictures, but nobody, no names I really, really recognize. Wow. They, but there's no description as to what this is. Oh, the show was canceled after only six episodes. Dude, that even lasted longer than Wonder Falls. That's sad. Oh, I know. Jenny Garth passed on a role to take part of Kelly Taylor in Beverly Hills 90210. Wow, that was smart. (laughs) I never would have thought I would say, hey, passing on a part to be on 90210 was smart, but clearly that was the right career move for her. (laughs) Really missed the ball on that one. There's no description of what this show is. It was only six episodes long. They didn't even know what they were doing. Like, but what Trey are we Parker doing was here? in eight episodes. That means two of them didn't air. There are two lost episodes of Hull High. We must find them. Um, <laughs> it had an 80s-esque feel. Uh, the inventive show was the original High School Musical. That's really not saying all that much. 
So, oh, in, in the pilot episode, the locker room shower scene where the guys are singing, you really got me going. Man, that sure got me going. I need to, I think that there's probably some kind of a block that should come up when I pull up a review like that on a show <laughs> like that. Good grief. I think so. Wow, that mm, musical episode and, and a musical high school. That was, a, I, I am flabbergasted that stuff like that. Just thank God that it was canceled on Wednesday. I think it would have made it if Zac Efron was in it. Oh, it probably would have. There's that. But they, and they were trying to do a genre, but now there's the musical movie genre. But I it just it's it if that had lasted two seasons, I think I may have just completely stopped watching television whatsoever. When you have shows like Firefly, Wonderfalls, uh, Middleman that are canceled after one season. Never seen Resident it. Never Files seen it. Never seen it. Never seen it. None of them. None of them. I saw Tin Man. Which was a yeah. sci-fi miniseries. Eh. The first one was... The, the first the, part of it I yeah. thought was really fun, and then it kind of fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep wow. naming your shows off. I'm going to say no. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. Actually, Cheers. Saw it. Okay. Yeah. Actually, and you know what? Uh, since we're talking about television, let's talk about the, the kind of shows that we've been watching lately. <laughs> Obviously, you have been watching nothing. Um, no, I've actually been watching a show called Justified with Timothy Oliphant. Justified uh, is awesome. Yes. And um, it really took me a long time to get into it, but for some reason I just, I like Timothy Oliphant, so I just, I I trusted that he would make the show enjoyable. And it took like four or five episodes, but finally I was like, okay, I'm hooked, gotta watch this show, love it. So I'm on like episode eight now, and I, it's actually on my DVR that I'm about to watch one again. Timothy Oliphant looks a lot like friend of the show P.G. Holyfield, who want to give a quick plug out. He's got a Murder at Avondon Hill, which is a book that I did a voice in the, the podcast version in the patio book, and he is releasing it in book form uh, through Dragon Moon Publishing on the 15th of this month, 15th of May, the Ides of May. So go to pgholyfield.com that'll be in the show notes and you can uh, check everything out and it's it's actually a really good story I like it. Justified is based on Elmore Leonard on a character that he has used in a few of his stories and he's also an executive producer and I think he's come up with some of the, the like the stories mm-hmm. for the episodes it's definitely got that flair for the unique characters funny situations good dialogue well, and that combination of funny and badassery yeah. that to me is so Elmore Leonard and I would have to say with with it, I was hooked from the first episode. With Raylan, the character that Timothy Oliphant is playing, I just keep liking him more and more. Yeah. You know, he's somebody that you watch him just talk his way out of a situation, and you know he can handle himself, because they show that in the the first episode. It's a quick draw, and he can, every shooting, he's like, it was justified. Damn it. (laughs) I was cleared in that shooting. He's actually going to just get justified on his badge. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that way, just to kind of pow, off his tail. <laughs> Watching him just talk to people and the things that he says. And then you, you just keep realizing, oh my God, he really is a badass. Yeah. He's like a superhero. Yeah. Um, and I love, oh, I always blank on the guy's name. Goggins. Walter Goggins. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things for me was that with the second or third episode of Justified, I was a little disappointed because his character wasn't in it. Yeah. And I loved his character, but they're bringing him back some and showing that he's kind of reformed. allegedly undergone yeah. a uh, metamorphosis in his faith. I think that's a big facade. 
facade. Yeah, I think it's a facade. It's a facade. Get it right. So, my bad. Sorry. Oh, dear God. <laughs> my mistake. You guys are killing me. Like, English major grammar Nazi over here. It's killing me. Mm. <laughs> MC Ganey, he's been appearing lately as Dragon's oh, yeah. father. And, yeah. and he's one of those actors that is just a big, scary guy. Yeah. And uh, he played Roscoe P. Coltrane in the Duke of Spazzin movie from 2005. Uh, he, he's, he's just a, an awesome actor. And, and what you've got is you've got this collaboration of amazing actors, really sharp writing. And it's just been one of the the... the just kind of the most stylish, cool show that's been yeah. out in a while, especially with Burn Notice off the air. Yeah. Well, and I like that it's stylish and cool, but still, it's not slick. It's not glamorous. It's yeah. not people wearing beautiful clothes or having super high-tech gadgets or weapons because it is very much kind of a, a country, more laid-back yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not glitzy. But it's very stylish. Not gonna lie to you, I keep hoping that there's some kind of a true blood crossover at some point in time because they do have a <laughs> oh, very similar like, feel. Kentucky? Uh-huh. Yeah. Suki. <laughs> Stackhouse meets Raylan. Fair enough. <laughs> Lafayette. All right, that's cool. <laughs> what have you been watching? Let's see. Well, other than Justify, because I've been watching that. Trying to catch up on Chuck and keep finding other things I'd rather do, to be honest. What's that? Uh... What's Chuck? <laughs> See what I tell it's, you. It's short for Charles. In charge? Yeah, that, absolutely. That show it's, it's, went it's, on a long it's time. the spy version. Scott Bayo is a spy, right? <laughs> and he gets this computer in his brain called the Intersect, and he's okay. able to flash on things whenever. And and unfortunately, we found out that Willie Ames has turned evil, ah. yeah. and so that's his arch nemesis. Seriously, do you think any of our listeners know Charles <laughs> no, in charge? That's know okay. any of the names that I'm talking about? Chuck opens up an email from one of his friends, who turns out to be a CIA spy. And he is flashed with the Intersect, which is basically a computer that's inside of his brain. And it was a prototype. And, and so, it's sort of like the mother of all facial recognition and symbol recognition and all information and all dossiers in every kind of government organization ever. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus with a mixture of the Matrix is, you know, downloading programs to learn how to fly a chopper, kung fu and all of this stuff. So in times of emergency, he's able salsa. to and and dancing and Had everything. Be an actor for Keanu Reeves. Hopefully, <laughs> that's obviously one thing that the Matrix couldn't yeah. get right. I think we need to reboot, guys. <laughs> you crashed the Matrix. <laughs> what else do you think may have tasted like chicken in the Matrix? That's <laughs> um, <laughs> Trinity. But it stars uh, Adam Baldwin from Firefly. Is that a Baldwin brother? No, he is no, not. No, he's actually not a Baldwin brother. He oh, is a distinct. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, besides Alec, Alec is the only Baldwin brother that can act. Do you and think Steven sucks on Alec's teat? Because he's like the he's the weakest. Are we talking about figuratively? Probably both. <laughs> Come on. Drink up, you're the weakest. The Baldwin teats. Only wow. if somebody tells him it's, you know, the blood of the father. It could be, yeah. That's <laughs> true. true. Which actually, uh, Alec Baldwin is going to be appearing on SNL very soon, hosting it, tying with Steve Martin for the most hosts, hostingses of SNL. You know, I'll I believe w- that's 15. Really? Total. I Seriously? believe so, yeah, yeah. I always thought that wow. Steve Martin was in. A cast member? A cast member, yeah, yeah, thank you. He was never a cast and, member. And uh, Rich had to tell me. He was like, no, it's just a matter of uh, him being on the show so many times. And he yep. has so many like iconic roles, like mm-hmm. the wild and crazy guys, which mm-hmm. is what people call us at work. Oh, yeah. Uh, or in the shower, whichever <laughs> That's just because of the way so, you dress. <laughs> that's true. And the because of the way we pick up the ladies. Mm, Hello. Yeah, you keep telling yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> it costs money. It's still picking up a chick. <laughs> I mean, No, that's called picking up the tab. <laughs> 
well. It's like takeout. You're still picking it up either way. That's true. That's true. And it's just like Chinese food. An hour I'll be hungry again, so it doesn't really matter. Don't even hey, know why you, I pay for it. You need to go up to a different street, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Them Hillsboro ladies ain't doing you as well as no, they should be. Not. So, Chuck, uh, which isn't a band show, but you're it's not, right. It's, well, it's not bad. It's just it's one of those things that keeps collecting on the DVR, and then it's like, oh yeah, we should probably catch up on that. And then I keep you know finding other shiny things because it's like, well, no, there's an episode of Castle. Uh, we're gonna yeah. watch that instead. Never seen it. Which that's the show. That, that's the show that I was gonna talk about, Castle. Well, I'll let you talk a little more about that. But the other things, mm-hmm. let's see what else I'm watching right now. Uh, flash forward. Neither. Of course you have. Yes. Yes. High five. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> that was awful. We, we missed completely the first dude, time. No, no, we didn't. Sad. We, Just like no we, audible. We tapped, but the problem was it was so weak because we were both pulling our hands back because we didn't want to hit with such impact that it would short out the mics that we decided to go ahead and do it again. So it's not like we yeah, missed and hit each other was, in the forehead. You're restraining yourselves from using your full strength, and that's why it sounded so I wanna- didn't want to pull my arm. <laughs> We've been working out a lot, ladies. <laughs> yeah, but just your right hand, that doesn't really count as a full oh. I'm a lefty, Susan. <laughs> well, Guess no, joke I figured, if you're a lefty, then that's why you would use your right hand, so then it feels awkward and stiff like somebody <laughs> else is doing it. Like a stranger? Or, or Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but yeah, so flash that's forward. That's... To remember. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in that, but that's good enough. I meant to say walk. See, I meant to say walk in the clouds. Enough. <laughs> I believed it. I was like, wait a second. That was Manny Moore. No, that's why I was going like, what? Yeah, Keanu Reeves has cancer and he's dying. So it's Nicholas Sparks is touching my penis. I don't know what's going on here, guys. I'm really confused. He touches all of our penis. That's true. Because that's where the man's heart is. With Flash Forward, describe what that show is. Because I, it's one of those ones that just I, I haven't had time to watch. On October 6th, the planet blacked out for 2 minutes and 17 seconds. The whole world saw the future. Okay, well, the it's based on a sci-fi novel. And they did make a couple of changes from the novel. In the series, what happens is the first thing that sets the stage, there is this global event where everyone blacks out for 2 minutes and 17 seconds all over the whole planet at the same time. They realize later they, they were seeing things from the future and eventually it's determined that there's a specific date that's not that far in the future that everybody was seeing. So it was kind of a time travel thing. There's a lot of interesting time paradox stuff going on in it because right after the flash forward, one of the characters who works for the FBI was saying, well, I saw that I was working on this mosaic project that was this intense investigation. So they start the mosaic project because that's what he saw himself doing future. And then that gets a little like, ooh, that's going to bake your noodle a little bit. A little wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Exactly. And another factor is that there are a lot of people who didn't see anything. And it starts becoming clear that the reason they didn't see anything is because they're dead. Because people who were dreaming had dreams. But they're people who are blank. They're dead by the time we get to that point in the future. So those who have dreams are alive? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. The people from the past are still still past. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you're Abraham Lincoln. Uh Uh-huh. You're JFK's. I just wasn't sure. Marilyn Monroe's. Flash forward. So with flash forward, there's a a lot of timey-wimey stuff. Wibbly-wobbly. Wibbly-wobbly timey. But, I like stuff like that. That's kind of cool. I've always been in a time paradox. Yeah, well, and then there are some people that are doing the thing of trying to change the future. There's actually a character that commits suicide. Because of what he saw? Because of what he saw. Hmm. 
And what he saw was that somehow at some point between that moment and this future date, he had accidentally killed a woman who had two young sons that survived. He didn't know the details of it. He knew it was an accident, probably a car accident or something. And he didn't know when it happened. And since he couldn't figure out when it happened and he had all this guilt over this, he just took himself out of the picture. Wow. And before he did, he wrote her a letter saying, you know, I know you've been worried because when everybody else saw things in their flash forwards, you didn't see anything. He was like, and I want you to know it's going to be okay. And that was kind of the moment that changed the series for me. Cause I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting and whatever. And when that happened, I was like, Whoa, yeah. because his, one of his partners, I think at the FBI was one of the ones who didn't have a flash forward. And, and he was like, no, we can change it. That's what I'm doing right now. And like steps off the roof. And I was like, Holy smokes. That was interesting. Wow. And then there are things like a married couple where the woman sees herself with another man. And at the time of the, the flash forwards happened, you know, she's happily married. And then all these things keep throwing her together with this other man. And she's like, I don't want this. You know, this isn't going to happen. But it's like you can see that it's happening even though she doesn't want they it don't want it to. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. It's an interesting show. It's hmm. not one that I rant and rave about because it's kind of interesting. Some of the shows I've been watching, uh, obviously, I love Doctor Who. And we'll, we'll talk more about uh, some of those shows at a later date. But one that I really want to talk about is Castle. Mm-hmm. which I am a brown coat through and through. I, I remember seeing Nathan Fillion on Two Guys, uh, Pizza Place, and a girl, and some cops or something like that. He played the girl's love interest, her mm-hmm. fiancé, and, and he was really funny. And he, he was only going to be on that show for a short amount of time, and he was just so charismatic that they kept him around for a while. And I, I really dug him there, and then saw him in Buffy, uh, as Caleb, and I know that was after Firefly, but I didn't get to see Firefly until later on. Oh, okay. Um, I saw Slither. I love Slither. I think it's a fantastically hilarious movie. And then, of course, Firefly. And then when I found out that he was going to be on Castle, I was very excited. Now, Castle is a show where Nathan Fillion plays a mystery mm-hmm. novelist, and he teams up with a police officer played by Stanya Kaddick, who was in The Spirit, who was hilarious in The Spirit. There's sexual tension between them, but it doesn't get annoying. It's even one where if they do get together, where it's not, it's not something that'll ruin the show. Right. He's a father. He's a playboy. He's a millionaire. And he's trying to mesh all of those together. And what you get is a really awesome character played by Nathan Fillion that is is quirky, that is very cool, that is funny. I'm not normally a big fan of police procedurals because, you know, every week it's something new. And I like something that's got a little bit more story to it. There is some ongoing things where Stanya Caddick's detective Beckett, her parents, her mother's, her mother. is, is, specifically her, her mother is dead, murdered, killed in some weird way. So you're hoping to find out more information about that. You're hoping to just see what Castle does. Mm-hmm. And they even had a wonderful real universe tie-in where one of the book that was very loosely based on Detective Beckett called Heatwave is an actual novel that you can hold in your hand and read. Hmm. You have a copy of it. It's, uh, I haven't read it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little disappointed. No pictures, so it's probably going to take me a little bit longer to read it, but at some point in time, I will. But the show itself, it's in its second season. I believe it has been renewed for a third season. It's just a fantastic show. It's, yeah, it just it's, got renewed for a third season. Yeah, uh, but it's just a lot of fun. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Is this a BBC show? No, it isn't. Oh, no way. Actually, it's on ABC. It's on ABC. Ah, there's a C in there, though. Yes, there is a C in there. C. Okay. <laughs> okay. Understood. Do you have a problem with any? Uh, All of them do. Except You've for got Fox. The, the National Broadcasting Company. That's true, yeah. American yeah. Broadcasting. American Fox, Broadcasting yeah. Company. Yeah. Just I guess I don't know. There's something company. about Services. the BBC that just bothers me. 
Really? I don't know what it is. Is it their accents? No, I actually really enjoy their accents. I think that's quite uh, quite fun. But just, I don't know, the way they present themselves, they just, they seem pompous. Their TV show is not typically, though. No, I, I've never gotten that vibe from it. That's just me, though. But you are a silly American. That's true. So maybe that's got something to do with it. I like hot dogs and whatnot. <laughs> hot dogs, American pie, and beating up terrorists. Yeah! Woo! And my wife. That's right, America. Apostrophe, America. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So that's uh, that's the shows that we've been watching. If there's, what? One thing about Castle that is tremendous fun is that because Rick Castle, the character, writes murder mysteries, he's often interjecting things about the genre into the investigation. He'll say, "Well, this is how it should go. You know, this is this is who the suspect should be." And they're like, "Why? There's no evidence that links to this suspect." And he was like, "Because that's how I would write it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And oftentimes, it's not that that's what solves the case, like that that he's right about who the killer is. But sometimes that'll be a clue, the reasoning why. And then they'll realize maybe one of the other characters might have that kind of reasoning and go for it. So he, he's actually a, an active member of the crime-solving crew, but he's not also not the one who solves every case that they have. We're starting to see after season and a half, season three quarters, that the characters Beckett and Castle are starting to work together to solve things. Like they, they kind of stumble across things at the same time or they'll be away from each other and kind of think of the same thing. Or sometimes something will occur to him, much like with House, where something will occur to House in a conversation with Wilson or with somebody else or when he's just pissing somebody off. The same thing happens with Castle. Sometimes he'll be talking to Beckett. Something will occur to him. Sometimes he'll be talking to his daughter and who is not – precocious or annoying or anything like that. I can't think of the actress's name. Uh, Molly Quinn, I think. Or is that? I don't think it's Molly Quinn. She's a teenager. She's intelligent. And she definitely seems to be the child of a, of of Richard Castle. It it makes sense. It fits. Not like some kids are just like, okay, there's no way in hell that that character could spawn that kind of a kid. It's also kind of awesome because the actress is actually the same age as the character she's playing. Unlike 90210 and shows. Oh, of you mean like Molly well, Quinn? Well, it's Molly C. Quinn. If you look on IMDb and just look up Molly Quinn, you'll see a totally different person. Molly Quinn. <laughs> she, was she was a medicine, medicine woman, woman, I believe. <laughs> oh, double. High five. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. All right. Never oh, never, never mind. I was thinking either. of Martha Quinn. <laughs> yeah, Martha Quinn. That looks very different. Martha Quinn, she was a VJ, wasn't she? Yeah. One yeah. of the original ones. Yeah, no, Molly Quinn. I was right in your face. Yeah, whatever. And his mother is also a major character in that. Castle's mother, who is aging actress. Mm-hmm. And it used it's, to be on the Rockford Files. It used to be on the, yeah, That's right. That's oh, right. I forgot about that. I never saw that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a tremendous show. It, it, it's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend any of the shows that we've talked about. If you haven't seen them, definitely go out and check them out. It's just an hour of your time. I will. I promise. No, you won't. Don't no, probably us. not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pretty much am your demographic for not watching the shows you guys have recommended, so <laughs> I guess I should get on that. <laughs> Sue Ellen Greenblatt is a real person, not an internet celebrity. So we've enlisted Billy Flynn and the vicar to help her tell her story. Geek Radio Daily gives me geeky news about movies, new DVD releases, even comics and gaming. Geek Radio Daily makes me feel special. Ah, yeah. Womanly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the episodes are just 15 minutes, perfect for my commute, or for just geeking out while I'm at the office. Mm. All in one concise love package. Ooh, the package, baby. Uh Uh-huh. And the best part is that it's a daily cast, so I'm always in the loop. 
Sometimes I listen to it out of the bath, put on little outfits. Ah! It makes me want to invite all my friends over to show how refreshed I feel. Mm, a slumber party, baby. What? That's not what I said. Get out the chocolate mousse. Duct tape. Oh, get out of here, you freaks. Geek Radio Daily. One 15-minute podcast provides 15% of the USDA-recommended daily allowance of geeky goodness. Subscribe through iTunes or visit geekradiodaily.com. Thank you very much for listening to this first return episode of Cinema Freaks. You can find more information about us, whether it's social media and whatnot, or uh, email addresses on the website, cinemafreaks.net. We're aiming to put out these shows twice a month. That may not happen, or at least every two weeks. That's what we're aiming for. Since we're all coming back and all three of us have very busy schedules, we're going to try to work out uh, the best way that we can all get together and provide you a little bit of entertainment, reviews, and some suggestions for some really cool stuff to check out. So remember, cinemafreaks.net, at least one episode per month. You guys have anything you'd like to add to that? Um, no, I'm just I'm really excited to be here. Hope I can bring a lot to the table, even though I haven't really seen all the shows that you guys know about. We're so. kind of hoping you bring something to the table, too. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping so, man. I'm hoping so. so. You're going to start working on your homework. That sounds good. No, I'm just I'm happy to be here. I love movies. I love TV shows. I'm stoked to be part of this project. I love Lamp. I love Lamp. <laughs> Are you just saying things, just looking around and saying that you love them? Pretty much. <laughs> no. I love Lamp. What was that from? A <laughs> <laughs> movie you never saw. Never saw it. <laughs> and that's our show! <laughs> <laughs> when does the hurting stop? Never does if I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for checking us out, and uh, come back next month. We will definitely have an episode. Hopefully we'll have another one out in two weeks. We'll find out when you do. <laughs> Hopefully we'll find out before. (laughs) CinemaFreaks.net